I don't know about you, but I'm a bit disturbed by that. Three billion people don't know anything about Christ, totally unreached, have no message of Christ and a possibility of salvation. But I will tell you this, I'm also encouraged. I'm encouraged by your generosity as a congregation, as a local body who maybe doesn't have the opportunity to travel elsewhere and to be a missionary. You, you rethink your strategy and you think, how can I provide my resources, what I have? How can I give to support our local partners, our, our international partners, uh, to do the work, to support them, uh, to um, facilitate them in reaching the unreached? And I thank you for that. I thank you for your generosity um, as a congregation. Um, I have the opportunity of introducing um, just, just four of our partners that we as a congregation um, support. I think you're all in the same world. Oh, you guys mixed up here. That's okay. That's okay. We'll figure this out. I'm going to read from their profile because I don't want to miss a morsel of what um, these uh, partners are all about. First, we have uh, Terry and Amy Ruff uh, with International African Mobilization. They work among the tribal villages throughout Ghana, West Africa, and beyond. To date, there are 802 disciple groups among 45 uh, different tribes, totaling over 5,000 people. The teams, the seven teams of disciple makers, are um, each reaching into new segments of the northern region and into the neighboring country of... Cote d'Ivoire. So uh, thank you, Terry and Amy, for being here. We, we appreciate it. Next, we have Bill Warner from Fame. Fame exists to spread the fame of Jesus Christ to all nations through medical evangelism. They also seek to lead people to Christ and meet physical needs by partnering with other mission organizations to deliver a unique combination of medical and mission services. Fame believes that by treating people physically, it earns you the right to share about the great physician, Jesus Christ. Fame also partners with North India Christian Mission, Ghana Christian Mission, His Eyes in Honduras, and Central India Christian Mission. Also, um, uh, most recently, the past couple of years, um, in Myanmar. So thank you, Bill, for being here. Next, we have Debbie Poor. Uh, a longtime um, server uh, and worker with uh, TCMI, TCM, TCM International Institute. Uh, their vision is that every nation will have effective leadership or leaders of disciple-making movement impacting their churches, their culture, and, um, and countries for Christ in response to Jesus' command to make disciples of all nations. With almost 2,000 students and graduates from over 40 nations, who are actively involved in ministry, TCM trains and equips those Christian leaders by providing graduate-level education. Um, their ministries touch the lives of hundreds of thousands of people as they share the gospel, making disciples who become disciple-makers. Thank you, Debbie, for being here. And last, we have Josiah. Josiah is from Myanmar uh, with Asian Children's Mission. Asian Children's Mission promotes justice and Jesus for the women and children of Southeast Asia, primarily working in Burma, Myanmar. Asian Children's Mission operates primary and middle schools in villages, 
quite remote, that would otherwise have no schools and no opportunities of education at all. They provide training for Sunday school leaders, operates two children's homes, and is involved in a wide variety of community development activities, ranging from safe water projects to the installation of rice mills. The care, protection, and education of vulnerable children in Myanmar, Burma, is the primary vision um, mission of Asian Children's um, Mission. Um, we welcome Josiah. Please welcome everyone. So um, I have just a couple, three questions. Um, thought we would uh, learn a little bit about uh, more in depth about each of these uh, partners of ours. I'm going to start with uh, Terry. Um, so how does your mission engage non-believers um, uh, with the gospel? What's your evangelism strategies? Well, we live in the northern region. Um, in the north, it's about 80% uh, Muslim. In the south, it's a large, a lot of, large percentage Christians. And so, but where we live, the Muslims have hardly any exposure um, to the west particularly in the village, to the Western approach to worship. And I'm not trying to condemn our, because I did this for 25 years. So, but, um, so when we, we reach out to the villages, first of all, we do it through nationals. We train nationals. They know the language. They know the culture. And the training expects every Christian, when they accept Christ, to not only be a disciple, but make disciples. And not only make disciples, but make disciples that make disciples that make disciples. And so uh, we, we do that by teaching them a number of tools that help them lead people to Christ, to lead a group, so that people can discuss and apply the Word of God. There's a big emphasis on obedience. Uh, they are asked at the end of each of the, the uh, times together, who are you going to share your faith with? What are you going to obey and who are you going to train? What, what Christian are you going to train the things you just learned? And then when they come back next week, did you do that? So there's accountability built right into it. And so the amazing thing is, they, since they haven't been exposed to what I would call the Western model, where we tend to more be fed, come and be fed, uh, to be self-feeding, and be involved as all Christians are involved, not just the clergy, not just, you know, not so. And they actually, they, they don't know any better. So they do what they are told that the Bible shows them they need to do. So it's, it's really neat to see how they're responding. And, and these are people that can't read and write. Right. And they're still going out and making disciples. A very oral culture. Yep. The, what? An oral culture. Yes, an oral culture. Yeah. Bill, evangelism strategies. Yours is a little, little unique, a little different. Uh, it's a little, it's a little unique. Um, fame it works in what we call medical evangelism, uh, meeting uh, physical needs, healthcare needs of the most vulnerable people in the world, for the purpose of gaining opportunities and creating openness uh, for the gospel. So we work with uh, mission hospitals and clinics and community health programs uh, in, in places where people are unreached for the purpose of sharing the gospel. And it's, uh, we, we 
search the scriptures and in the gospels, we see Jesus using that same strategy where he would heal people and create an opportunity then for, for teaching. Uh, we see the apostles in the book of Acts uh, doing the same thing. And so we work with our, uh, with our partners. Uh, many of your mission partners are our mission partners uh, using that, that approach. Debbie. TCM is also very unique in the fact that we are not on the front line. We have over a thousand students and graduates out there doing the work. They're on the front lines. And when I speak of students, I'm talking about someone who is already in, in Christian leadership, whether it's in a church or a parachurch organization. They're out there doing the work, being the disciple maker. And their average age is probably about 35, so a little bit older than what we think of as a student. But very unique in the fact that we come alongside them. We provide graduate level education, Master of Art, Master of Divinity. And it's practical theology, practical ministry. How do we create a small group? How do we operate a small group? How do we talk to someone in the Muslim religion who's never heard about Jesus in the way we know Jesus? So very practical in what we do. All right, thank you. Josiah. Oh, yes, thank you for this chance. Yeah, we, our mission really focuses on the children. We believe because the, the, the children are our leaders for tomorrow and our future. So we want to have a good foundation for them, education and spiritually. So half of the children we look after are from the Buddhist family. So we, we teach them the Bible, songs, what is the Christians all about, we teach them. So finally, after a few years, they became uh, Christians and then they, they baptized. Also another thing, so we, we're doing uh, several places in the country, the preschool program. So that's our strategies to get to the, because it's hard to approach the older people they're totally close because in Burma it's like 95% uh, of Buddhism. We have only a few percent of Christians and you know Muslims and other uh, religions. So like 95% is Buddhism. So we trying to reach through our uh, preschool program to to their to their parents. So that's one of our strategy. Also, we do uh, the nursing program. Some of our nurses, they came from a Buddhist family, and then they come to know about Jesus through their training during the six months. And then they come to know about Jesus. And then they, after graduate, they go back to their own religions. And then, like Bill said, we are not only care of people the physically, we also care about their spiritually. That's our goal, to get their soul, to, to win their souls. Also, the other things, we are partnering with the fame. We have been doing, uh, uh, now I think this three or four years, we have been doing medical outreach. Uh, that's the most effective way to, to reach the Buddhists. It really opened doors for us to get in, in touch with them during our clinics. We can talk with them and fellowship with them. And then they can share what they're... A lot of people are suffering from, from their, you know, 
how do you say that psychologically or you know but we we were able to show them God's love and then even though you know before we give them any medicine they they are much better than much better 50% is gone their sickness <laughs> so that's kind of things that we uh, we try to reach those uh, uh, unreached people I think that's awful. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> All right, thank you. <clears throat> so next question is, uh, how do you equip believers uh, in their knowledge and their practice of the faith? So your, your disciple methods. Okay, the, like I said, the bag of tools that we teach, we, we try to get them to visualize it's on their hip, and when when they run across certain situations, they, they can relate to which one they would pull out. It would be effective. Um, the, one, the tool that I would say that we use the most, probably the most important one, is, is what we call mauling. And it's the model, assist, watch, and leave. Just maul, really. Is, and, um, Sounds and so, aggressive. Huh? Sounds aggressive. <laughs> so... So Isaac and Moses were the two, two main national trainers. Uh, they have equipped um, many different leaders under them in this area in Bupe that we have a lot of groups going on. And they do it by going and, and teaching them in a classroom setting the tools, uh, two days of training and then two days of mauling. They go into the village and Isaac and Moses will demonstrate it, but then they will follow up by assisting and, and have the person do it. And, it. and they won't do it perfectly at first, but, but they'll help them and coach them. And then it moves to the point where, the, where they can sit back and watch them do it because they're getting better and better and better at it. So that when they leave that area, they will continue to do it. And I, I would say another very main tool that a lot of people underestimate the oral approach. They usually think of it as a uh, how can you disciple people with stories? But is we have what we call chat groups. They're accountability groups. A man with a man, a woman with a woman. And they commit to 25 chapters. And they can't read, but they can listen to 25 chapters a week. Get together and talk about it. And then they are trained to ask very pointed questions about how they're doing in a number of specific areas, particularly that they struggle with in the culture. And I tell you what, they learn at a much faster level when they're exposed to the Word of God on that level. So it's a story a week, but chat groups were 25 chapters a week. So. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> Terry, in the first service, you, you mentioned everybody has a phone. So, yes. so they carry yes. the Bible to listen to on, on their phone. That is yeah. their, their Bible. That's their knowledge of, of Christ. Yeah, that we... We volunteer at Gilbert. We build a studio there, and they've translated. Gilbert is Ghana Institute of Linguistics, Literacy, and Bible Translation. They like acronyms. And, and uh, so we've recorded all the Bibles that they've put in print into the mother tongue. And then they put those on micro USB chips, or micro SD chips, excuse me. And they put them in their phone, and everybody has a phone. And they listen in their own language that they understand conceptually and learn the tools that way as well. Incredible. All right. Thank you. Bill. One of the important strategies that we use in medical evangelism 
is in training nationals uh, to meet needs in their own communities. Uh, you know, we, we can't go someplace and in a week um, teach someone to be a doctor or a nurse, but you'd be amazed at the number of things that we can teach that can make a difference in the, in the health and wellness of a, of a community. So when we go to a place like Myanmar and we work with, with Josiah and, and his team, uh, they bring people from, from sometimes remote places in Myanmar and they come from their villages and they come in and we'll spend several days in, in training in health and hygiene and first aid, uh, some things that, that, that you would think mm -hmm. are fairly simple but things that are, that are much needed when those people go back to their, their remote villages, to use Terry's terms, it's, it's a tool in their tool bag. And so when they meet someone who needs help, uh, they are able to help. The, the thing that we never want to happen is we never want someone to say uh, to, a, to a sick person or an injured person, well, when the Americans come back, maybe they can help you. What we want them to say mm -hmm. is when the Americans were here, they taught us what to do, so now we can help you. And, and there's, a, there's a huge difference between those, those two responses. So, so really, that's our, our discipleship process, is training and equipping nationals uh, to do the work of medical evangelism in their communities. That's great. Thank you. Debbie. Because all of our students are, are actively involved in ministry, we don't want to pull them away from what they are doing. So we teach in a blended format. Um, most of our students take, on the average, probably two classes a year, maybe some of them only one. Um, they study about 125 hours online, and then they have 25 hours that they meet face-to-face -face with their professor. At one of our 25 mentor, 24 mentoring centers, that are scattered throughout Europe and Central Asia. Um, and that time becomes the time of mentoring by the professor. You know, we've read, we've studied, we've done quizzes, we've written papers. But now how do I apply that to my ministry, to my culture, to my area that I, in which I'm working? Um, so we found it to be very effective. They never have to fully leave what they're doing. As they're learning, they're able to implement in their ministry what they're learning. And by the time they're finished with the class, we hope they have a good grasp of that tool in their toolbox um, to further their ministry then. Mm -hmm. yeah. Josiah. As I told you before, we try to teach our children uh, with the Bible, Bible songs, and then so that in the future they will become uh, faithful servants, and then they will become the one who carry the God. good news to wherever they go so they can start, you know, they can show God's love, they can carry God's love wherever they go when they've grown up. Also, we equip uh, our Christian brothers, leaders from different areas. We equip them. We encourage them. We had some seminars so that they can they can you know, they can do, uh, the, they can carry on their ministry in an effective way in different areas. Uh, also, like I mentioned that uh, our nurse program, through the, when they graduate, they go back to their area and they serve people physically and then spiritually. They're trying to show that uh, God's love like a good Samaritan. That's, that's the things that we hope. That's our vision. Um, 
Okay, that's all. I forgot. Okay. Yeah, no, that's okay. <clears throat> One of the things I'll, I'll mention about uh, Josiah and the work that he does through Asian Children's Mission, um, I got to witness it firsthand. We traveled down to the Delta region, uh, very, very far away from the capital, Yangon. took about 12 hours to get there by bus and by a questionable boat on a river. Um, <laughs> And one of the, the unique tools is uh, not only winning, um, so totally Buddhist area, very remote. Um, uh, they needed teachers. The Buddhists asked for teachers. And uh, through Asian Children's Mission, they supplied two Christian teachers uh, to live there. And through education, which is what they wanted, um, they uh, are sharing the word of, of, of God um, and Christ, particularly through song. And uh, in the Buddhist culture, they, they chant. They don't have melody. They don't know the melodies of songs. So it, it's kind of covert. Um, but uh, through the children, um, they are uh, gradually winning over the, the, the parents, the, the Buddhist parents. So it's just amazing, incredible what they're doing. I apologize for, for taking So I wanted to hear uh, some success stories. Okay, so evangelism, discipleship making. So give us some success stories, a person or an event. Okay, one person in, that I have in mind is, is a very old guy, uh, and um, he's a, a chief and, and a fetish priest or, what, or a witch doctor. Uh, the, he used to use all kinds of satanic stuff, sacrifices of chickens and goats and lambs. And you do this, and uh, he knew he knew how to curse people. All these types of things. Well, he's he is uh, not only accepted Christ, but as a chief, he he has um, gotten out of any all of that stuff, which really surprises a lot of people. And they're asking questions about. Why are you doing this? And he's, he's really making an impact. But overall, to me, the beauty of this approach, uh, uh, the fruit is just beyond. I mean, it, and it's not, it's not Amy and I. It's God wants this more than we do. And he's shown us uh, through a number of amazing uh, events uh, this, this approach and all of the last year we had, um, I think, like 480 new groups that started with about uh, 16, 1,650 baptisms. This year, where it looks, we're right now at 610. It looks like we're going to be around 800 new groups this year. Groups. And, and groups. New, new groups. Each group having around eight eight adults in it. Not, I mean, not eight in everyone. Some will have four. Some will have 12. But an average of eight in each one, and those all those people that were baptized it'd be 2,500 baptisms this year. All these people are in discipleship groups, learning how to make disciples. Multiplication is just exploding into Cote d'Ivoire, Niger, Nigeria. So it this is way beyond anything that I ever could imagine. Thank you, thank you, Bill. <laughs> I want to tell you about Natalie. Uh, Natalie is an African nurse who works in a, uh, a clinic that we partner with in the city of Abengaru, um, Ivory Coast, or Cote d'Ivoire. I'm not very good at saying that either. Um, and the, this clinic 
has about 2,800 um, HIV and AIDS patients that come for treatment on a monthly basis. But Natalie's part in that is that she works with expectant moms who have HIV and AIDS uh, for the purpose of, of coaching them and working with them to prevent transmission of the AIDS virus to their babies. And um, for the last reporting period that, 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 we, uh, that, we, that they told us about, um, they had 47 uh, babies born to this group of ladies uh, in the clinic, 100% HIV free, hmm. and, uh, which, is, which is a great success. But, but also it's important to remember 100% of those ladies also heard the gospel as a part of that, mm -hmm. of that process. Natalie is not just a nurse, Natalie is an evangelist. And uh, so we're, we're celebrating that. And I would share about Kamal. Um, Kamal grew up in a small village in the Middle East, no roads in or out of the village. He grew up in the Muslim faith. In fact, he tells us that had he not met Jesus, um, he probably would be holding one of those big weapons. We would see him on television as he's crying um, jihad. But instead, through a transistor radio, he heard a Christian broadcast coming out of France. And <laughs> over a period of time, listening um, repeatedly to that program, decided he wanted to be a follower of Jesus. And so that's how he came to be a believer. Of course, when that happened, he was um, cut off from his family, cut off from his village. He left, and um, as he was leaving, he met another gentleman, in fact, two gentlemen, who the three of them together began studying and the scripture, began praying, began encouraging one another, till they realized, three people, they had a church. And over time, the church has grown. They now have a church building in the capital city of his country. And um, believe it or not, it's just across the street from the police station, um, which God has richly blessed them and protected them. They have good relationship. And so far, they've had no problems with the authorities. In addition to being a pastor of that church, uh, as part of his master's thesis when he was getting ready to graduate from TCM, he wrote the first devotional in his dialect, the first one ever written for the people who spoke his dialect. So a way to share the gospel with many, many people. And even then, even beyond that, came full circle. He now has a radio station that is beaming the good news to who knows where in the world um, people are hearing the good news of Jesus. It's incredible. Josiah. Yes, our, some of our kids from orphanage, uh, they graduated from Bible college, and then they're serving as like evangelists, and then one or the other way they're serving. Uh, that was great, great to see them. So also some of the, those Buddhist kids, uh, they come to know how to pray and then how to read the Bible. They can have their own devotion. And then how to, they come to know how to sing now, much better. Yeah. <laughs> the first time they don't know. Yeah. They, they don't know any melodies. The, the melodies, yeah. They don't know. Yeah. So uh, now they are much better. And also, the, uh, before we are oftenly checked by the government, we are not allowed to, have, to start a new church. We cannot simply build a new church. But now we have much better uh, 
government is not checking anymore us. Uh, we have much more freedom, as like the sister said, we have been growing a lot. Uh, you know, we are just to sow and water, but God makes them grow. Uh, that's really happening. It's amazing to because we recently last month we celebrated 10, 10, uh, our tenth anniversary uh, of our missions. So that's amazed how God is working, you know. So, and also uh, every year we have some young people. Even last week we, we did all together talk, and then our pastor Brad, uh, we did together five young women. We baptized them. Secretly, actually, Secretly, you know, sometimes yeah. like a Muslim, they are, uh, if they know their relatives and their parents, they, they just cut off from the family. So we have to be very careful for them. So we, anyway, we did, they baptize, they believe Jesus. And so, and last May, we baptized another 12 young, young from our orphanage. So they want to be Jesus, their own uh, savior. So... Uh, this is, uh, you know, our success in the ministry. This is all we can do by because of you. So I'm sure that I believe, uh, like Steve said before here, uh, in heaven you'll be the first, I'll be the second to get reward from the Lord. So thank you very much for your support. I couldn't have said it better. And again, um, we are all challenged here locally to be um, uh, the voice, uh, the eyes, the hands, and the feet of God, of Christ um, locally. But I want you just to think about your partnership. This, this is your family. You are supporting them through your resources, and they're enabled to go out and through God, through Christ, share the gospel. So I, I thank you for your generosity. I thank you for your prayers. They really need your prayers. Um, they're in some very serious situations, sometimes uh, um, dangerous situations, and uh, we just pray that uh, you will uh, be generous, but also uh, keep praying for them. Thank you so much. I'm going to ask Doug to come up, and if he would just bless us with a prayer. Thank you. Uh, before we pray, I just wanted to share with you something a friend of mine told me a few years ago. He said that you'll never look into the eyes of someone who doesn't matter to God. And these uh, fine people are taking that gospel message into the world, and they're loving people on behalf of Christ who otherwise might never know. So please uh, bow your heads and pray with me. Father God, we thank you for your son Jesus and his grace over us. We thank you for your grace over these people. We ask that you would continue to bless them and keep them, provide safety for their families, uh, provide a hedge of protection around their missions and their ministries. As they go out into the world, give them hearts of lions that they would persevere and never grow weary, that they would be able to multiply, and that your word and your grace would shower over all of your creation. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen.